Blog Talk Radio. In a world where speed reigns supreme, where discipline and danger collide, unpredictability is the one thing you can count on. Jimmy Johnson, a night of ups and downs, and it's down again. On May 12th, just one hero will triumph. No one knows which hero it will be. He's going to do it again tonight here at Kansas Speedway. Critics are calling it an unscripted masterpiece. If you see only one epic event this spring, make it this one. Kansas Speedway is the only place you can experience this kind of heart-pounding suspense. Witness a battle where drama lurks at every turn. Open into the outside wall is Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Coming soon to a track near you. The Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series Night Race. Only at Kansas Speedway, May 12th. Tickets at kansasspeedway.com. Rated you for unexpected. When the sun goes down, the NASCAR stars come out. The spring race weekend at Richmond Raceway, back under the lights. April 20th and 21st, the Toyota Care 250 on Friday, and Saturday night's Toyota Owners 400. Get your tickets at richmondraceway.com. NASCAR in Richmond. Some things are better under the lights. This is power. This is tradition. This is Talladega. The biggest party in NASCAR returns April 27th through 29th. Nation. I'm Timmy Spain alongside SpeedwayDigest.com's Mr. Stephen. Just right up outside of Richmond International Raceway, or Richmond Raceway, Commonwealth of Virginia. Stephen, how you doing tonight, bud? I'm doing all right. How about yourself tonight? Doing pretty good. Finally getting some of this pollen out, getting all this sign of stuff on. Uh, we're getting into the getting into the meat of some of this racing stuff. Let's go ahead and bring Reverend Joe on and let and. And let Reverend go ahead and grace the show, and we'll get everything started. Uh, the number's calling is 215-383-3680. We want to get on Tim to Spain alongside of Stephen Wilson. Reverend Joe, how you doing tonight, my friend? I'm doing. How you guys doing? We're doing okay. We're doing okay. Everything's still going okay after your little minor procedure you had? Yeah, it's um, it's coming together. It's working better, and I'm feeling better. Um, I think it was a good decision. So. We'll see how that goes, you know. I was yes, able sir. to go out to the local racetrack Saturday night and walk around for probably four hours and made home alive. So I guess it wasn't too bad. I think it helped. <laughs> Amen, Reverend. You know the good Lord ain't going to take you until he gets ready. I don't think he's ready yet. Well, that's up to him, not me. Yes, sir. Amen, Reverend. 
So shall we get this party started? Yes, sir. Crank it up, Reverend Joe. Lord, we come before you today, and we ask your blessings upon not only the show, but also everyone involved in auto sports and everyone involved in our military. We ask your blessings on all of us, our leaders, everyone around the country, and everyone around the world. We, we know that we don't do it right, but with your help, we can do it better. So we ask you to be with us. We thank you for sending your son to die for our sins so that we wouldn't have to, and all we had to do was accept him as our Savior, and we could have an open way to heaven and the right to speak with you. So I ask you to please watch over all those that are hurting, all those who have suffered losses, and be with all of us. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, Reverend. Uh, let everybody know where they can follow you on social media, your website. And I still got to get with you on Twitter. You say you're having some issues with Twitter. I promise you I'll call you one day next week. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that Twitter. I'm I'm not really the good what Suzanne calls tweet face. Stephen's real good with uh, Twitter. I'm just an amateur. But, yeah, let everybody know where they can follow well, you on all your pages. I was, was, was going to give you a lecture about your uh, spot there on uh, Tuesday that tells everybody about the show. You know, the invitation to the event. I the figured you would find. Four, the phone number, this is way down the bottom of the page too far. It should be at the top. It should be the first I, thing people see. I knew you with your perfect grammar would probably say something, Reverend, but I appreciate it. And next time I will definitely change <laughs> that and put it up. I know I know how you are, like your mom said, with the perfect grammar and all that stuff. And I, uh, well, I not, really appreciate you letting me know. not the greatest, but. My grammar is not the greatest, but having been in business for years, I always made sure people knew the phone number before anything because it was really the only thing that mattered. And then the rest could follow. But uh, anyway, That's right. I just was looking at that thing and I could not find the, find the phone number until I got way down the bottom. So, you know, we want people to call in and, and be with us. So anyway, moving on, my website is ontrackwithjesus.org. My email address is on track with Jesus at AOL.com. And my phone number is 951-232-7630. Plus, I'm on uh, Facebook at Rev Joe Bubico. And you can look me up there. Find me through the Pit Stop website. And we thank you all. Thank you, too, Reverend, and thanks for all the posts that you throw out there on our Facebook page. We really do appreciate it. You know, I've been getting a lot of response to that from all over. You uh, have? I was at the yeah. racetracks. Yeah, when I was at the racetracks, um, you know, the, the West Coast Swing, I couldn't you know, I know most of the people in media, and I couldn't believe the number of them that stopped me and mentioned it and mentioned that they had been following the, your posts and Stephen's posts and um, read mine every morning. And uh, I was glad because I put that up there because we all need to read a little bit of scripture every day. And I figured everybody checks their Facebook every day, so might as well put it right there where they can find it easy. They don't even have to go find their Bible. 
Yes, sir. And everybody checks Facebook, and just like you said, uh, we're making a change in this world one post at a time, Reverend. That's what we hope. That's what we pray yes, that we're sir. doing, and we're doing it right. So, yes, sir. I will talk to you kids next week. Stay out of trouble. I'm not, I mean, Reverend. And I, you take care I know with your new hip. I know with your new hips you can run a little faster, but not that much. Well, no, I I can't really run yet. The doctor told me yesterday said you know it was my six month checkup yesterday, and he said that it takes a full year for you to be a hundred percent. So I was a ninety percent yesterday, but he told me uh, I went and bought Suzanne went and bought me one of them uh, one of them bicycles that you pedal like a Dickens and it don't go nowhere; it just sits there. And I got to put that yep. together. He wants he wants me to pedal on that stuff, but everything's fine, Reverend. Hips. Hips doing good. Doctor good. said yesterday said it's just gonna it's just gonna take about a year. You know, just like you said about yep. your knee, it just it just takes time. Just remember, Susan can run you down regardless. So behave yourself. Unless, Reverend, when I put that thing together, I leave maybe some of the nuts loose on the tires, and then maybe when I get going <laughs> real fast. If she comes after me, I can kick them little wing nuts off and take off. <laughs> <laughs> Reverend Joe, tell Miss B- Yes, sir. Tell Miss Betty we said hello and we look forward to talking to you next week, brother. All righty. Talk to you next week. Thank you. Take uh, care. Thank you, Reverend. God bless you too. All right, Stephen. That was that was Reverend. Reverend's always always a character. Stephen, I know we had a lot of news come out today. I know uh at Coming up here in about 10 minutes, uh, we have from uh, KennyBruce.net, uh, my good friend, Mr. Kenny Bruce, is going to come on, and I'm sure we, we've got a lot to talk about with uh, with going out to Texas, uh, the repave there and the weather and, and all that. But, Stephen, let me go ahead and find my button that I know that you don't like because it, it, it sounds like some of the 70 CBS breaking news button. But, Stephen Wilson has some breaking news uh out of the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series today, uh, Monster agreed to stay on. I may be able to cut off in a minute. All right, Stephen Wilson, you got the floor, brother. <laughs> All right, well, yeah, I mean, you already said it. You know, Monster Energy has decided to come back on um, to the. 2019 race season. This is really just a uh, one-year deal with them that extends this out. Um, This would have been their last year of sponsorship because they initially had only signed on for two years. Uh, They've been asking for um, extensions for the last several five months or so um, on, you know, making this decision on whether they were going to come back and at the end of the day, they're only going to come back for one year. Uh, there's a lot of changes into this and a lot of changes that are going to potentially happen in the 2020 race season. You've got the five-year agreement coming up then. You also have the, um, <clears throat> um, you know, the the sponsorship with Monster Energy will, will not be back in the 2020 year. NASCAR stayed with this announcement. <clears throat> that they um, they're looking at changing the way that they sponsor the the Cup Series in the future, and this is they've got two uh, methods of what they're working through right now, which will kind of entail all the 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 
the teams, the TV, the track, the series themselves, um, all of them coming together in a new way that we may not, as we have seen for the past nearly 50 years, um, a single series sponsorship in the Cup Series, in the Premier Series. So, you know, uh, you know, that's kind of huge that, you know, they, they're moving in this direction. In the past couple of years, Monster Energy has not been paying what uh, Winston or Sprint or Nextel had been paying. Um, some of those agreements were in the 75 to $100 million range. This is, you know, the, these agreements with Monster Energy are just about a third or um, and, you know, NASCAR really took a long time to find somebody to take over for Sprint. And uh, I think this is just a new era of NASCAR that we're going to see. A new era that, you know, in my opinion, I think it's time to uh, either shorten the series schedule and shorten races all at the same time. Uh, we, we go much too long, 38 weeks a year. Uh, with NASCAR racing, uh, there's a lot that comes into this, a lot of logistics that comes into this. Um, some of these events have gotten far too long. Um, they've gotten out of hand, in my opinion. Uh, we look at Texas this past week, and I don't mean to, you know, use Texas as an example, but unfortunately they're probably one of the best examples. There's 500 miles of racing around a place like Texas, three hours and nearly 40 minutes, 41 minutes or so of racing for 500 miles. That's about what it takes on average to finish the Coca-Cola 600, uh, about three hours and 40 to three hours and 50 minutes. So they're running an extra 100 miles at Charlotte in the same amount of time that it takes Texas to run 500 miles. And unfortunately, the, the um, attention spans of people really uh, these days with Twitter and Facebook, Instagram, all these other social media sites and which they are keeping up with NASCAR, um, you know, three and a half, four hours of sitting in front of a TV watching five or 500 miles or something like that isn't going to work in the future. And I think this is an opportunity for NASCAR to change their, British, their, their business structure to the new century, in the new millennium. Um, you know, unfortunately, we know things change. Things have to move on. And, uh, you know, we can't be stuck in the 1970s or 1980s or even the early 2000s at this point. And I think this is time for NASCAR to have the perfect opportunity to innovate, reduce some of this schedule down, and reduce some of these races down. And I think it all, kind of all in my opinion, should happen at the same time. And this is a perfect opportunity in order to do so. I definitely agree, Stephen. And to sort of add, sort of touch on what you were talking about, some of our listeners probably don't know, you know, like you mentioned, the younger generation now, with all the social media stuff going on, you got Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, everything that goes on in the world, the attention span of some of these younger people they're, I've, I've seen them. You've seen them at the racetrack. They got that phone set right up in their face. And some of these races have gotten have gotten long. Like you said, a 500 miles there at Texas would was just about the like you said the same time running the Coke the Coke 600 up there at uh, Charlotte. Do you think NASCAR needs to 
look at you mentioned reducing the schedule from the 37, 38 weeks, even Kirk, Kirk, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, and where would you, would you actually take, where would you, where would you suggest NASCAR take that race or two or three from to reduce the schedule to make it not so long far as the, uh, the drivers and the teams? Cause I mean, it is a rigor, rigorous deal with them. It's, you know, baseball's long, football's not near as long, but it is a long time. Like I talked to Scott Revis the other evening. Uh, he had, uh, he had, he was in uh, Texas. Uh, he got there early and, you know, he said, Tim, the West Coast swing, he was supposed to went by himself, but he had, they, J.D. Motorsports put a second driver with him. And from, I didn't get the whole detail on, on everything, but the way he talked, they had somebody meet him bringing the cars back and forth. And it, that just, I mean, it puts a lot on a team. And I know the uh, drivers, you know, they uh, fly in and out. But you take, like Scott Rebus, like I was just talking about, he is he takes that hauler, and he's out there for the duration. He ain't got nowhere to go. And, that, I mean, that's that's hard on a person like Scott if he's got family and kids. It just it takes a lot out, Steve. And do you think we need to look at far as bringing – some of the West Coast races back this way. Just just throwing that out for, you know, P's and Q's. You know, just see what you say. Well, I, I you know, I'm I'm not, you know, I, I don't know if I think I'm the best person to make this judgment call, but if it was purely up to me, um, I, I do think, unfortunately, that, you know, Texas – at one time to fill 190,000, 191,000, whatever it's listed at, seats with no problem. And Texas has become one of those places that they've tried to improve the racing, and it's not because they haven't tried to improve it. Bruton Smith, Eddie Gossage, Marcus, you know, Don Hawk, everybody at SMI have racked their, you know, themselves around to try and figure out what can they do to fix the racing out. But unfortunately, you know, when, when these races are 500 miles long, it takes the time, same amount of time as I already spoke on to, to run the Coke 600. And people are not showing up there as they once did in the past. And, you know, I'm not saying that's a Texas problem. That's an everywhere problem. Uh, right. People just aren't showing up to any track for that matter. I mean, you look at some of the, the biggest tracks on the circuit, down to some of the smallest tracks on the circuit. And every single one of them had the same exact problem and tendency is down. So it's just not Texas. And I'm not just trying to, you know, use them as a, you know, a punching bag here. But I do think that, you know, at this point, one race probably needs to come away from that. I think the other thing, the other place is, is that Kansas. Kansas is a good, um, you know, a good place. To, to take another race away from, um, you know, they've got one race that's sponsored by Hollywood Casino. They're coming up in a month. They don't have a sponsor for their upcoming race in about a month or so from now. The other place that unfortunately where I have to say is that, you know, uh, a race would maybe have to, you know, come away from is Michigan. Um, you know, Michigan has been a good track over the years, but unfortunately it's not a track that I think we need to, potentially go to anymore twice per year um 
You know, uh, at Pocono, Pocono is another one. I think that twice per year at Pocono is probably just a little bit too much. Um, Pocono did move their races from 500 miles down to 400 miles, and I think that was good for them. But unfortunately, I just think two races there, eight, nine weeks apart. Michigan is two races, nine or ten weeks apart, something like that. Uh, you know, the, the, the people just aren't coming out to events that are that close together anymore. And I think they just, you know, drop a race from each of them. Kansas and Texas are probably other two. Those are probably the four tracks right now, I would say, that, you know, needs needs a race to go away. And, you know, I would look at Las Vegas for the next couple of years and see where Las Vegas sits at, how many people are coming there, what the, you know, you know why we're in Vegas twice a year for two three-day weekends, as, you know, we, we're doing this year for the first time. I would give them their chance and see where they're at because I'm not ready to take two races away from them or, or I'm sorry, one race away from them. But I think we need to see and see where we are right now or where we at in the next couple of years and then gauge whether that's another track that could potentially be dropped down to one race per year. Uh, I know a lot of these track operators are just going to disagree with that. And, you know, unfortunately, I think for the betterment of the sport, I think we need to. I think we have to, because if we don't, um, we're already stagnant as it is on the racetracks that we go to each year. The, 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 the schedule is almost exactly the same each and every year. There's little movement in that, and a lot of that has to do with logistics, and that's nothing NASCAR or the tracks or anybody can do anything about, but those are logistics concerns, just what we have spoken about multiple times. But I think, you know, moving this moving the schedule down by a few races, taking it, you know, away. Um, maybe we don't need to run the Bush Clash anymore at Daytona. Um, sure, it's a cool race. And, you know, they brought that back, branding back, all the good, cool stuff with that. Maybe we just don't need to run it. Maybe we only really need to run 30, you know, 31 to 32 races a year and start dropping some of these events, uh, as well as going through, Every other remaining event on the schedule, uh, aside from some of the marquee race code 600, Daytona 500, and Southern 500, and cut their races down by mileage because I think that'll make a better sport in the future. Stephen, that makes for a great conversation. Let's bring on, let's get this gentleman's take. Uh, from KennyBruce.net, Mr. Kenny Bruce, let's bring Kenny in the pit stop with Tim Despain and Stephen Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Let's get ready to rumble! Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Kenny Bruce. Kenny, how you doing this evening, bud? Hey, Tim, I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, good to talk to you over in over in the ATL and, and everything. Uh, I guess we made it back from very okay. You made it home and everything hunky dory, didn't you? 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've had some uh, we've had some interesting trips already this year. Not to be no further into the season than than we have been. With, you know the, the weather situations at a couple of the races, but uh, it's it's been fun. Yeah. It definitely has, Kenny. And again, I want to thank you for taking time out to come on here with uh sure. with Stephen sure. with with Stephen and I. And Stephen's Stephen's on a roll, so I'm gonna hand you over to Stephen. We were in the in the midst of talking about the uh the new monster deal. Uh they agreed to go go through twenty nineteen and then we were talking about shortening races, attention span and all that. So I'm gonna let you and Stephen talk for a minute and I got a couple of questions before before we let you go, Kenny. Sure, sure. Thank you, and I appreciate you taking the time to come on here tonight. You know, we were just talking about how Monsters, uh, you know, NASCAR and Monster only agreed to a one-year extension. They took about four or five months, you know, to continue, you know, negotiations on where they want it to be in 2018 and beyond, and they came up with a one-year agreement. Following this, NASCAR has multiple different ideas on what they're going to do as far as sponsorship or, you know, of the Premier Series and how it will maybe intertwine itself some more with tracks and drivers and car, I mean, the car owners and, you know, the TV, uh, you know, the TV uh, sponsors and everybody like that. What is your take on this that, you know, now Monster, and it's been reported that they only spend about one third to or so what a Winston or a Sprint did. Uh, what, what do you think about this in the one year extension? Well, I, honestly, I was I was surprised that, that they that they agreed to come back and extend it for one year. I was I kind of felt like they probably wouldn't be back. Um, just you know because they had asked for the extension uh, not just on one occasion but on a couple of occasions I believe, and it just didn't seem like. Her, uh, you know they they had pretty much done what they came into the came into the sport to do, and that was to get their name out there in front of a bunch of you know race fans and, and try to you know increase in, interest in their product. Uh, and you know you can only we we see that all the time with the companies that come in and stay for a few years. You know they may stay for two or three, or they may stay for ten or twelve. But at some point they say, okay, you know what? we're not getting the return on our investment that we were initially and it's time for us to spend this money in, in some other way. And I just kind of felt like that it, even though it was only a couple of years that monster probably, you know, had, had reached that point. Um, and I, I just thought with the delays that they, that they really didn't, didn't feel like they were going to be able to do a whole lot more in this series. So for them to come back for one more year, you know, that, that kind of surprised me. I, I'm glad they are. You know, I think that's good. But at the same time, you know, in, in 2019, you know, I don't think you're going to see them ramp up, you know, everything that they they want to do at the track and, and activate like they would perhaps this year because, you know, it is their last year. And typically, you know, in the last year of a contract like that, you don't spend more money. You know, you start looking for ways to cut back. You know, one of the other things is, is that as we've, entered this new millennium and even this new century here, technology has become so pervasive in everybody's life that now everybody's got a smartphone in their pocket and they're six inches away from an internet connection. This has decreased uh, attention spans down to the point that it's instantaneous in a 24-hour news cycle. 
So, you know, every sport enough, just not NASCAR, I'm just not trying to use them, you know, as an example, but every sport, you know, and Major League Baseball, NFL, everything is, is on a downturn when it comes to these types of, you know, uh, these technologies. And people are not coming to the track. They're not going to the stadiums. They're not spending as much money as they used to because now they can follow everything online instantaneously. Is it time for NASCAR to cut this 38-week schedule down to a more consolidated uh, schedule that, you know, people can handle a little bit better, as well as cut some of these races down that have become far too long? This past weekend, it was three hours and 41 minutes or so, which is about the average time it takes the Coke 600 to run. Well, honestly, it's on the on the time of the events, um, you know, it, it. I can recall, you know, the the 500 mile races at Dover, you know, the, that that just seemed to go on and on and on, and it it made, you know, a difference when they cut those races to 400. But they're still long races, and and I honestly don't think that. Um, I don't think if if the problem is the shorter attention spans. For people today, if if that's the problem, and I'm not saying it is, but if that's the problem, I don't think shortening the events, whether it's racing or whether it's football or whether it's basketball or baseball or whatever, whether it's movies, I don't think that's going to really make that much difference. I think you either want to go to these events if you're a fan or if you like, you know, movies or whatever it might be. I think you're, you're either going to go or you're not going to go. I don't, I don't think, you know. Cutting cutting an hour or something off an event is all of a sudden you're going to gain X number of people coming to that event now because it's a little bit shorter. I think you go for the whole experience now as it is. You know, fans make a day of it. Uh, you know, the actual racing, it, it's not whether it's 400 miles or 500 miles. Uh, as far as the schedule, yeah, I do think it's too long. I, I, I totally agree with that, and I was listening to you guys uh, while I was on hold, and I'm sitting here thinking, you know, you were talking about 30, 31 races. I'm thinking I'd like 28 again. I can remember when they had that many. <laughs> and that that was not, you know, that's not a bad schedule. I think it'll be interesting to see this year, you know, with, with Las Vegas getting two races, if that impacts, you know, their attendance one way or the other. And when they go to New Hampshire, which gave up one of the races, uh, if fans think, okay, we've only got one opportunity to go see uh, – NASCAR at, at New Hampshire Motor Speedway, are we going to go to this race? Is it going to increase the attendance for that or not? But, no, I agree with you. I think, you know, some tracks don't need two races. You know, I, I understand why they do have them, uh, and I understand why it's difficult to give one of them up, but I really think that it hurts one of their events when you have two events uh, at a at a track. Yeah, you know, I, I think we could argue, you know, that both sides of the corn, you know, SMI and ISC and the two independent track owners, you know, they, they there's a lot of money and they put a lot of money into these tracks to continue not only upgrades, but to continue holding these events year in and year out. And, you know, you're right, two two races there, you know, we can always say that, you know, that's, that's why they do it. But, uh, you know, moving on a little bit more. Um, you know, this season, we we 
well, not just I just want to say this season, but over the last several seasons or so, handful, give or take, we've really seen a push towards, you know, lowering the age of these drivers coming into the NASCAR Cup Series. You know, we've seen the William Byrons, the Chase Elliotts, Brian Blaney's, Bob Wallace. You know, you we can make, you know, a list of these drivers over the last handful of years that have entered into the series. But at the same time, we've seen a lot of superstars leave out at the same time. What what are your thoughts on, you know, that balance in there of the veterans versus the younger drivers that are coming into the sport? And now they're coming into the sport even younger than they were, you know, even 10 years ago or 15 years ago. Yeah, they they are. And I I, I really think, and I've had this conversation with with a couple of different people, uh, a couple of drivers uh, that, you know, it's, it's not that I don't think that, the fans don't like some of the younger drivers and they don't like even, even some of the older ones. It's, you know, they don't know them, you know, as well as they might've known or felt like they knew uh, some of the drivers of several years ago. I mean, you know, everybody knew, you know, Bill Elliott and knew that he drove for his family and knew his brothers, you know, Dan and Ernie, and they knew the whole story there. So when Chase comes in, they know that backstory, but they don't know a whole lot about Chase himself, you know. And it's just going to take time for people to figure out the younger drivers, you know, whether it's him or whether it's Ryan Blaney or or whoever it might be. And, you know, eventually, you know, I think their popularity will increase if if they're competitive. That's, that's the other thing. You know, we we can remember when – you know, when guys came, made the jump from, you know, it was the Bush series back in the day, when they would make the jump from that to Cup, you know, most of them, you know, they weren't 21, 22, 18, and 19. You know, they were 27, 28, and 29 before they got one of those rides. And most of the time, it wasn't a great ride. You know, it, it was an okay ride, or it might not even been that good, but it was an opportunity for them to show what they could do. Um, I think you have to have, you know, the, the veterans, and they, they, you need them to be in there. You need them to be competitive. Uh, but at the same time, you know, these young guys, they're going to win at some point. You know, Chase Elliott's going to win races. Uh, all these guys are. And when they win races, those are going to be races that the older guys aren't winning. So, you know, how's that going to impact how much longer somebody like a Jamie McMurray still has a ride, you know, things like that. So there's a balance there that they, they have to watch. You know, you can't have nothing but older drivers in the series, and you can't have, you know, only younger guys in the series. You have, you have to have a balance there. You know, if you say, well, we shouldn't have, you know, guys shouldn't be in the series until they're, you know, older, then, you know, you go back and say, well, Jeff Gordon, look how young he was when he came in and look how well he did. You know, you do have that. So, you know, it's not fair just to try to paint everybody with the same brush. I mean, there are guys that are, are talented and deserve to have those rides, but there are some that are going to struggle. Well, Kenny, I appreciate you taking the time, and I'm going to throw you back over to Tim. You have a great night. Sure. Thank you. Thanks, Stephen. Kenny, I won't. I won't keep you longer. I just want to add a little bit to what you and Stephen were, were talking about, about the length of the sure. season. I do agree. Uh, 
the the length of the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series, it is long. And we do have some long races. But, you know, Stephen Stephen says that we need to shorten the races. But I'm the type, I'd rather watch five hours of racing. I don't want to make Stephen mad. I'd, I'd rather watch five <laughs> hours of racing than I had three hours and then watch the, watch the world news. But anyway, uh, talking about taking taking that down to 20s, Five, twenty-eight, twenty-seven races per year. Where do you take the races from, and do you maybe add a couple more? But I want to throw this out there, Kenny, and see what you think about. Because I know you're old school. I've been around also. Maybe throw a one-off race in, uh, like at a Wilkesboro or a uh, or a Rockingham, and bring back some of the old the old school stuff that us old school people know and have watched. But how do you get that younger generation? To go to that Wilkesboro or that Rockingham or that South Boston to where the history was really at, and do you think that would be worth NASCAR maybe doing a uh, a one-off Xfinity race, truck race, or maybe even a Cup race, and throw that out there into the uh, into the season end playoffs? Well, Tim, you know, it's it's a situation where the the one-off races. They must work, I mean, because there are enough of them out there. You know, the Xfinity Series. You know, they go to Iowa and and they go uh, and the trucks go there and they'll go to Texas for a standalone event and they go up into Canada. So those types of things, you know, they they work. Now, you know, I don't I don't know that you can go back to some of the tracks. You know, I, and and I mean. It would be nice if, if we could and we all remember, you know, the good things about some of the places that, that we used to go and race, you know, when we went to Wilkesboro and when we went to Rockingham and, uh, you know, guys when they used to run the Cup Series at Nashville, uh, places like that. You know, it's it's probably not feasible in some ways, you know, because it would just take too much money to, to get those tracks back up and, and running again. But, you know, they're, they're – there is a connection to places like that, and I think that's what a lot of the, the fans, you know, miss and 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 kind of yearn for, uh, because they remember, you know, that they they went there and they had a great experience. Whether it was, you know, whether the race was was you know a nail biter and, and was relatively close at the end, or or whether it wasn't, whether the leader won by a lap or something, you know, they still. They still had a good time, and that's what they remember about it. And I think that's what, you know, some of the tracks have have tried to do is, is create a better experience. But the, you know, going to some of these places as many times as we do, you know, it, you know, I think that kind of draws away from some of it. Uh, you know, you, it, need, it needs to be special. It's like you know, you don't have any downtime in the series. You know, we used to talk about you know, the off-season, and there's really no off-season now. You know, and every other sport has a, has an off-season where, you know, people can step back and catch their breath and and, and people can talk about, you know, well, you know, what's going to happen next year, and, and, and it's, it's, a, it's a big deal. But with NASCAR, you, you finish up one year and you roll right into the next one. You know, it's, it's, it's almost as bad as I, – I wasn't around then, but I can't imagine what it was like when they started the season – uh, in November for the following year, you know they did that a couple of times. I I can't imagine what that must have been like. But you know, talk about year-round racing. That's what it was. Uh, 
you know, there, there are things that I think NASCAR looks at that that they think, you know, will work and, and help create interest and, and not hurt, you know, the teams of the tracks or anything like that. But I think there's still a lot of things out there that they need to continue looking at. I definitely agree. Definitely agree, Kenny. And one last question before we let you go, because I know we've kept you way over your time limit. But, uh, you know, you and I talked over in Atlanta about the repave. The drivers do not want to repave there in Atlanta. I've talked to some of them. They don't want it. And, you know, you've heard Kyle Busch. You've heard Brad Kessler. I could say leave it alone. They want it like it is. Versus the repave at Dallas out there at Texas. That repave there with the – I don't know if it – it probably had something to do with the cold temperatures too, too, Kenny. But uh, it was like if they got up out of the groove, which they done that tire drag, and they drug the tires, try to raise the groove up out there. And in your opinion, I want, I want to get your take. Do you think that's what the drivers are scared that's going to happen at Atlanta? It's not about if but when they repave it. Well, I think they're just worried that once they do repave it, that it's going to be a one-groove racetrack for ever how many years. You know, it's going to take it a while to to come back to being where you've got more than just one racing groove, whether you've got a tire dragon or, or whether, you know, put stuff down uh, the night before the race or, or whether you use a different type of, of asphalt or all the different things that the, the tracks use today when they go through that process. You know, and the, the drivers know, you know, if you, if you get into a situation like that, then you're going to, you know, you're not going to be doing any passing. You know, it's it's not going to be good for the fans. It's not going to be good for the drivers. And, and I understand their concerns about it. Um, you know, I, I do think the thing at Texas, you know, I think that did have something to do with the cold weather. Uh, and, and, you know, the I think that, the, you know, they've, they've gotten a pretty good handle on that track pretty quickly uh, after they made the changes to it, you know. Um, so I, I was impressed with that, even though, you know, it did look like, you know, it, it was kind of touch and go for some of them there. But I, I do think that had, that was more weather-related than, than track-related. Uh, Atlanta, you know, honestly, I think, I mean, it's, it's a good track. I mean, it's always had really good racing. And I, I think it's a situation where they're, they're going to eventually have to repave it. But it's going to come around quicker, you know, than – then maybe they, the drivers think it will, you know, with Goodyear working with the tires, getting softer, getting softer compounds and stuff out there. Uh, so maybe, you know, it won't be a situation where it's just, you know, well, we're not, we're not going to see any good racing there for a couple of years. Maybe it'll turn around a lot quicker than that. Yeah, I definitely agree, Kenny. And again, thank you very much for joining Stephen and Suzanne and I tonight. And Kenny, let everybody know where they can follow you on social media and your website. Well, they find me on Twitter at Kenny Bruce, and uh, you can also find my writing at uh, KennyBruce.net online. Y'all, y'all check Kenny out. Kenny's a real good writer. Kenny, thank you very much, and look forward to seeing you at a track, hopefully Dagobah. Yes, sir, Tim. I appreciate you guys having me on. You all have a great week. You too, Kenny. Appreciate it, bud. Uh huh. All right. Bye. Kenny Bruce there, Stephen, used to be with NASCAR.com. Kenny, Kenny knows a lot about the sport, too. He's been around like you and I have back in the day when, uh, when you know, he went to tracks and just stayed gone, too. He definitely agrees that the season is long just like you and I do, too. Well, the season is long, but I don't agree with you on 
the race being long. I like a long race, but don't get mad and don't hang up on me. But there you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's not like, you know, I, 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 I'm just saying that, you know, the way of the world and, you know, I, I'm not trying to advocate one way or another, but I think from a purely business standpoint of view, that eventually, exactly. you know, these tracks have already, some of these tracks have already figured it out, Pocono being one. Uh, he specifically pointed to Dover, the other, as, you know, moving from 500 miles down to 400. Uh, and, you know, there's other tracks that have done this, too. Um, and I and I think that, you know, they've all come to the conclusion that, yeah, you know, we've got to get as many laps in as possible to put it on TV because we've got to generate the revenue that's going to keep the, the TV partners coming back, the TV partners from being able to make their, you know, what they, what they need to continue coming to these races, and then the track and everybody else also getting a piece of that too. So I get it. I'm, it's not that I'm against or four, or whatever the case may be. But I think, you know, I think, you know, when we start looking at some of the business aspects of this and where the sport is going in general, it is getting to the point where I think that, you know, some of these events are, unfortunately, they've got much too long. I mean, we didn't have these, these four and 500-mile events until nearly the 70s. I mean, up until that point, a NASCAR race was two or 300 miles, maybe two or 300 laps, depending on the track, depending on its size. Sure, you had the Southern 500. Sure, you had the World 600. You had the Daytona 500. I mean, sorry, the, the Coca-Cola 600. You know, the Southern 500 and these various different, you know, marquee events. But a majority of the races, even up until nearly the 70s, were either 200, 300 miles laps long. And, you know, we, we've extended it over time. It, has it been good for the sport? Absolutely. But is it time to maybe, you know, what's old is new sometimes may recapture some of that attention and maybe some of those people that are coming to the track. And I think that there's actually ways that we can mitigate this at the same time. I'm not saying to go to Martinsville and cut it down to 300 laps and call it a day. Could we go to Martinsville and cut it down to 300 laps, but we're going to run, you know, two 75-lap heat races before the main event, and, and, you know, that's how they qualify the cars? I think that's perfectly acceptable. It uh, It gives somebody coming out to the track full day of racing out there. They don't feel like they've come out there and watched 300 laps of racing, paid the same price for a ticket, and walked out of the gate feeling like they haven't gotten a full experience. I think there's ways to mitigate it. I think that's one idea that could potentially come into the future where some of these tracks cut their races down to maybe, you know, I'm just going to just say Martinsville because it's nice and easy and 500 laps, and let's say they cut it down to 300 let's say they run two 75-lap heat races that day. There's no qualifying on Friday. That's a day that the, you know, the, the series doesn't have to be there. The drivers, the teams, all the money that comes, you know, of all, uh, into that. You know, we can run a Saturday-Sunday show and get out of there, and everybody feels like they've seen a race experience because they really are seeing not only qualifying, but they're seeing the race all at the same time. And I think you could continue taking that scenario to other racetracks. Would that work everywhere? No, I don't think you could come to Talladega and say, hey, you know, this thing is 500 miles long. 
we're going to cut it down to 400 and we're going to run 225 last heat races. That would take all day long, Tim. You know that. We wouldn't have exactly. any cars left. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, and but if you if you mention that here, about 110,000 rednecks will throw every beer can on the racetrack they got if you cut it down like you said. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I totally agree, but... I do think that there are some tracks and some races that we could potentially do this or, you know, try any other idea. I'm not saying it has to be that idea, but I think that's a starting point. We could always start somewhere, and if we're not continuously evolving as a sport, then we're not going to continue capturing people's attention and keep capturing not only the fans that are here today, but the fans of tomorrow. Right. Exactly, Steve. And I will agree with you 100% on that point and sort of add to it. You know, you were talking about shortening everything down, uh, like your mile and a half tracks, Atlanta, uh, Vegas, some of these tracks where they get strung out. Even with the new stage racing that NASCAR has implemented to go through stage one, stage two, and then that long stage going to the end, they get strung out. And that's just a byproduct of the sport. That's what happens. And to sort of add again, too, about uh, about some of our the fans not coming to the track. You know, you and I, we, we, we did a live show from Atlanta Motor Speedway. Uh, that morning when Suzanne and I left the hotel, every weatherman in, in uh, the state of Georgia was saying they were not going to race. Well, you know, I sent you a picture. We got there. They were saying that. Well, I think that might have been a slight to the fans coming also also with the fans at texas this past weekend with it being so daggum cold i mean you know and then martinsville with the snow i'm not trying to look for something to blame it on Stephen, but the uh the weather was not on nascar's side so far this year no i think we've had some you know some very unique weather and coming you know around and i think it's yeah, sure, of course it hurts with the attendance to some degree. I mean, when, you know, a lot of these people sometimes, you know, a lot of these people don't make up their minds about coming to a racetrack until maybe a week out now because there's not like it was 15 years ago when you need to buy your tickets, you know, six or eight or even a year in advance because, you know, they, they can now sit and wait and think about it. And, uh, you know, maybe look and see what the weather is going to be. They're going to see what other things they've got going on. And, yes, you know, when you start getting down to that week time frame and everybody's, in, you know, sitting on TV, sitting on the radio, sitting on the Internet, you know, whatever you consume your media from, all saying, hey, you know, it, it's going to rain this weekend. And, sure, that's going to not only cut down the people that are thinking about going, but that even cuts down on the people that have the tickets have already expected that they're going to go, and now they're second-guessing it. So, sure, there's lots of things that come into play. The track owners know this. NASCAR knows this. Everybody knows that this is, you know, a, a fair statement. And, you know, um, we can't control the weather, and we certainly don't run inside. So, you know, it's sometimes what we have to deal with. Yeah. You can't control Mother Nature, Stephen. We're coming up here on top of the hour, Stephen, and I always put you on the spot every week. We're going to Bristol Motor Speedway this weekend, Food City 500. Uh, everybody's going to be there. Trucks, Xfinity Series, do you got the schedule? As I yeah. normally don't. Uh, yeah, I got, I got, I got, I got the, I got the schedule. Uh, trucks don't go there until August, 
So, you know, but we do have K&N there this weekend also. Um, so coming up this Friday, Friday, April 13th. Yeah, it's Friday the 13th. <laughs> How funny is oh, that? Oh, gosh. Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series qualifying 445. Uh, to be immediately followed by the NASCAR Canyon Pro Series East qualifying behind that approximately 6 p.m. Uh, Saturday morning, 9.35 a.m., NASCAR Xfinity Series qualifying to be followed up at 1 o'clock. Uh, the NASCAR Xfinity Series out there, 300 laps, 159.9 miles for them. Immediately following the NASCAR Xfinity Series race, NASCAR came, uh, NASCAR Campy World, NASCAR. You know, I, I'm reading about you. You said Campy World. I'm I'm trying to read uh, NASCAR Canon Pro Series East. That's what I'm trying to read. The Zombie Auto 150 out there, 150 laps, 79.95 miles for them. And then on Sunday, 2 p.m. Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series racing from the last great Coliseum, 500 laps. 266.5 miles in the Food City 500. It's Bristol, baby. I love some yeah. Bristol. That's the best. I think I've, I think Zen, I've been there like seven or eight times. I love me some Bristol, see, but that's my second best track. Of course, I, I got to love my home track here, you know, with uh, Talladega and Grant and Russell and all them. I got to love that, but now Bristol. Oh, I mean, I, I, I got to lean toward Martinville, too, now. I love me some, well, I got to lean toward Darlington up there, Mr. Carey. I don't know what. I love them all, Steve. I love them all. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, you can't really pick. We are going to go to uh, We are going to go to Bristol in August. That's not going to be my first time going to Bristol. Um, it's Anne Marie. It's her birthday. So um, she's been talking. She wants to go to Bristol. So we're going to go to Bristol this time. We're still a little ways away from the track because, well, you know how it is. But that's Gracious. all right. We're going to go there. Um, not. We're going to not be able to make it to the this Campbell World Truck Series event on Wednesday, but you know Friday and Saturday night we will be there. Well, you know that's Suzanne's special birthday month. I might try to get with her. We might try to uh, get our credentials. We might we might hightail it up there with y'all. Well, come on up. All right, brother. And Stephen, we're coming up here five minutes before the top of the hour. I want to thank uh, Mr. Kenny Bruce from KennyBruce.net. I've been friends with Kenny for a long time. Kenny sort of. Help me around, show me the ropes, just like you have too, Stephen. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, next week you have President of Richmond Raceway, Mr. Dennis Bickmire, will be joining us, correct? Yeah, he'll be on at 740, and I'm hoping that we could add another special guest. Uh, maybe I will hear something in the next day or so, but if not, uh, Dennis Bickmire is going to come on. He's going to talk about the Richmond Raceway reimagined, uh, the 30. 30 million, $35 million infield renovations with brand new NASCAR uh, Cup Series garages, uh, as well as the repave and all the other things going on up there at Richmond, heading into the Toyota Care 250 and the Toyota Owners 400 the following weekend. Sounds good, brother. Stephen, thanks again for being uh, my sidekick. Well, I'll say we're both sidekicks because we both handle this. I want to thank. Uh, uh, darling wife Suzanne for handling the phones. I want to thank Anne Marie for everything she does, and the boys. I know the boys love it too. But uh, Stephen, let everybody know where they can follow you at on social media and your website, my friend. You can follow us at Speedway Digest on Twitter, Facebook.com for slash Speedway Digest, and SpeedwayDigest.com. Um, yeah, Bristol this weekend. This is going to be fun. We're we're it's short track month. 
We've already had Martinsville. We're going to Bristol, and immediately following that, we're going to Richmond. So it is short track month. And then we're coming down here to my monster facility. Yeah. Talladega. So, good stuff. What else out. can you ask for? What else can you ask for? Stephen, thank you very much, my friend. Have a good night. Tell AM and the boys we said hello, and we will talk to you next Tuesday night with Mr. Dennis Bickmeyer. Again, I want to thank Mr. Kenny Bruce. KennyBruce.net, good friend of mine for coming on. Uh, he texted me, uh, told him thanks, Kenny. He said, anytime, my pleasure, y'all. Y'all have a great night, was what uh, Kenny said. And we will talk to you live next week from Talladega, Alabama. I'm Timothy Spain, alongside SpeedwayDigest.com, Mr. Stephen Wilson. Until next Tuesday, y'all have a good Bristol weekend. Well, it's a long way to Richmond, rolling north on weekend at Richmond Raceway, back under the lights, April 20th and 21st, the Toyota Care 250 on Friday, and Saturday night's Toyota Owners 400. Get your tickets at richmondraceway.com. NASCAR in Richmond. Some things are better under the lights. Bring the whole family out to Talladega Super Speedway for the Kid VIP Experience. Kids 12 and under can choose from a number of great options behind the scenes, like guided garage tours, pre-race photo ops, and more. This is more than a race. This is Talladega.